Father, I thank you for this great day. I thank you for the people that are here today. Thank you for your anointing in the house. Thank you for the anointing on the word. We just thank you for this precious opportunity to release the anointing and see great things happen today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. Well, we're starting a new series on this Sunday of August, just probably three messages uh, in this series, and I'm entitling this series Divine Connections. Everybody say divine. There's all kinds of connections, but we're talking today about divine connections. And I want to read, um, I want to read a foundational verse that we'll look at in the next, over the next three weeks uh, and start this morning in Proverbs 29, verse 18. And it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. When you think of restraint, you think of something that's holding you back. You think of something that is restraining you. It's pulling you back and holding you, keeping you from moving forward. But there's a restraint in God that you have to have. And we'll look at that throughout the message today. But he says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law or keeps the word. Uh, This same verse in the Amplified says it like this. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God. Where there is no vision, where there's no redemptive revelation of God. The people perish. So, the casting off of the restraint, in other words, when there's no revelation, you'll cast away from you the thing that keeps you alive and keeps you connected. You'll cast it away. In other words, you won't value it. You'll, you'll deem it as being something that is unvaluable to you and something that you don't need. Then it says... But blessed, no, no, Uh, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish, but he who keeps the law of God, which includes that of man, blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is that man. In other words, as my wife was saying earlier, the blessing, that, that blessing, when it remains on your household, it doesn't matter what comes. And I'll tell you, in 41 years, there's been a lot of things that have come to our lives. But when the blessing is there, you're able to move through anything. That's that's what matters. It's not trying to avoid obstacles. When, not if, but when obstacles come, we go through them. And we become stronger. Amen? Why? Because of the redemptive revelation. So, I want you to think about those two words today as as I go through my message. And and I want to define the word redemptive. Just in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. The word redemptive is acting to save someone from evil, from error or evil. I'm going to read that again. Acting to save someone from error or evil. 
the healing power of redemptive love. But the acting to save someone from error or evil is redemptive. And then the word revelation is defined, many definitions of this word, but I like this one, I'm going to use this one. The divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human existence or the world. Isn't that interesting? Divine. Everybody say divine. Today we're talking about divine connections. First and foremost, there has to be a connection to redemptive revelation. I'll say it again. There has to be a connection to redemptive revelation. And what is the word redemptive? Acting to save someone from error or evil. Everyone sitting in here today has had or even has today error in your thinking. Myself included. Everybody. You're born again, but you're being saved and your mind is being renewed. And and the redemption is overtaking you. It's correcting things that you have, uh, you, you're thinking in a wrong way. You have error in a certain area of your thinking. And, and God's Word, which is redemptive revelation, is correcting those errors. And the revelation that is a divine supernatural disclosure or revealing of the truth is giving you something that you need to operate in the earth in the natural. I've heard this statement many times that that a Christian can be so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And that's an absolute truth. Thinking that if I just keep my head stuck in the sand or in just in the Bible in reading or praying and I spend all my time focusing on the supernatural in, in a way that is unhealthy, you say, well, how would that ever be unhealthy? Because you're not able to draw from the divine to apply it to natural circumstances. Listen to me. If you think you're spiritual and you think you have understanding in the natural, but you're living in total destruction in the natural, you're not getting the divine. You're not getting the divine in the way that you can apply it to natural situations. God knows what we face. I want the natural working. I don't just want to talk about it someday in the sweet by and by, and everything is seed time and harvest time. Everything is seed, and it takes time, and there's harvest in anything and everything that you do. And the time period means that you're not always seeing what you know you're going to see, but when the redemptive revelation is not cast off, the restraint is not removed, you stay focused on God's Word, and it's changing and molding and making you, then that time will produce the harvest. But without the Word, without the redemptive revelation, without the divine revealing things to you about the natural, you, you, you're not going to make it. Not, not with God. 
You, you, can, you, can, you can fight for survival mode, but I don't know about you. I don't like survival. I like more than enough, overcoming on top. Amen? That, that, that survival stuff is for whatever fittest that are out there. That's not God. Just to survive is not God. God created us to live on top and not underneath. To live in more than enough and not just enough. To live as world overcomers that are overcoming the world day by day because of what He did. And that's what redemptive revelation is in our lives for. <clears throat> and, and it's vital when, when you take the word vision and you define it as redemptive revelation and then you define those two words with what I just gave you. We, we, we have to keep that before us on a day-to-day -day basis. Because, why? Because, because human nature wants to stray and human nature wants to blame. Human nature never wants to take responsibility for why things aren't working in your life. It wants to stray from what is going to produce what you want that's why he said, when you, when you don't have that, you cast off the restraint. That's the restraint. It keeps you from straying and trying to figure things out on your own. Your natural mind doesn't have the ability to tap into the wisdom of God that will see you to new heights and new levels in your life that you're looking for. You have to have it. First and foremost, my divine connection has to be with God's Word. It has to be. The other thing that happens with people is they get bored. People get bored with the Word. I promise you, you have to fight to stay connected to God's Word. You have to do everything you know in your life that God has given you to stay connected because there's a devil out there, there's an enemy who's defeated and yet has this uncanny ability to deceive people into thinking that staying with God's word is a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I tried it, bored. Yeah, you know, but, but you know, I, I, I heard, I, I, I was on that for a while, but then I heard about this, and I'm trying this now. Trying what now? You can't stray from the word. You can't allow yourself to cast off the restraint that is teaching you and molding you and making you. In 41 years, and especially in the last five years of my life, the Word has brought me to a place in revealing to me things that, that Father doesn't want in my life. Now, that doesn't mean, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm sharing with you a testimony of something that I don't do anymore, that I, I don't spend time with anymore, that doesn't mean you can't. It was just what God showed me. And where did that come from? From the time, the time, the quality time. I didn't say 24 hours a day, all day long, and, and, and you know, never do anything else, never have fun, never do. No, I didn't say that. I'm saying when you find out from that redemptive revelation, the answer is how to apply your life, how to apply the, the wisdom and understanding to issues and elements of life. When you find that out, 
You can't not have that day to day. And if that means I don't have time for this or I don't have time for that, then naturally you just get rid of it because I want this. I want the answers about relating to life. I want what it takes to live on top. I don't want to just talk about living on top. I want to live on top every minute of every day because that's where he is. And if I just stay connected to him, then that's where I am. Right under him is above everything else. <laughs> He's above everything else, not just barely enough, but way above everything else. And if you just stay connected to him, then you're above everything else but him. That's where he created us to live. So, I'm just giving you some things. We, we've, if you've been around here any time at all, we've talked about this. There'll be familiar scriptures that I read over the next three weeks. But it's just good to hear it again because I'm preaching it in a different way than, than the way I've ever seen it before. Jeremiah 23 and verse 3 and 4. I'm just going to read those two verses. Jeremiah 23, 3. We have to fight to stay connected. We have to fight to stay connected to the Word of God. We have to fight. Jeremiah said, But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their foals. You know, Jeremiah, what he, was, what he prophesied about is that shepherds, under shepherds that wouldn't teach the truth. And it caused the people to stray because the truth wasn't being preached. And he said, but I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them and bring them back to their folds and they shall be fruitful and they will and, and increase and I will set up shepherds over them who will do what? Feed them. Where does redemptive revelation come from? Where does vision in your life come from? It has to come from the preached word. But the preached word isn't enough. It comes from the word that is preached and then revealed in your heart because of the time you spend in allowing that word to change who you are. That's what matters. That's how we stay connected. Who will feed them with what? Redemptive revelation. And, shall fear, and, and they shall what? Fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord of hosts. No fear, no terror, no being dismayed, bored. Uh, you could use a hundred other words that, that go along. None of that. And constantly increasing in everything that they do. That's what the Word preached will bring to you. That's why you have to find a place that you trust in what is being preached and put value on that Word and do something with the Word. Can you say amen? 1 Timothy 3.15 Paul said, But if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know that you ought to conduct your, how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, what is it? The pillar and the ground of truth. What truth? Redemptive revelation. 
Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people do what? They perish because they scatter. They drift. They get bored. They they get complacent. The Word of God will never cause you to be complacent. It will always cause you to want more. And that's why you're sitting here today being challenged from the Word to allow the Word to be first place that settles all issues and disputes in your life. And it's a lifelong journey. Lifelong. Matthew 16 and verse 17. Jesus answered and said to them, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. In in this situation, Jesus had been asking his disciples, who do men say that I am? And some, some say that you're John the Baptist or Elijah or one of the prophets. Who do you say I am? And Peter jumped up and you said that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Good answer, Peter. And he said, he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father in, in heaven. What is he talking about? He's talking about redemptive revelation. Peter had been hearing and doing something with what he had been hearing, or he couldn't have had that answer. And he said, on this rock, I will build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. The rock of what? Of redemptive revelation that comes to us from the preached word that we take and receive and we process it on the inside of us and it becomes real to us and we're able to apply it to those difficult natural situations that appear like they have no answers and yet God is the answer to everything that we face and deal with. Everything. The key to it is that redemptive revelation. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 4. There is one body, there is one spirit. Just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and He's in us all. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. The Bible says that Jesus' name is the Word of God. And Jesus is in us by the Holy Spirit, but He's in there, the Holy Spirit is in there to reveal to us the revelation from God's Word that will sustain us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us to reveal to us the revelation that we need to sustain us, to empower us, to cause us to overcome everything that we face. We live in a world and in a time in the world that we're living in right now. The connection, the lack of connection to the Word of God will destroy everything else in, 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 in a person's life, the lack of it. And you know, you, you think, well, that's a hard word to destroy. I, I wrote this down. We have to fight to stay unified, not separated. Your level of success in your worldly connections 
your level of success in your worldly connections will be determined by your spiritual connections. Your level of success in your worldly connections, people that you come in contact with, will be determined by the spiritual connections. And we're, we're addressing those over the next three weeks. We'll address all of these today. We're talking about the Word of God. To be effective, to be who we were created to be to the world, we have to be connected to the Word of God. Because the Word of God gives us that understanding that we need in how to relate. Otherwise, you know, I mean, some people can master the ability to be excellent and professional. You can work at it and, and try to master that, but you're still going to be geeky. You're still going to be off and weird and people are going to take you wrong. But when the blessing of God is on your life and the anointing is there and you're getting from God how to relate to people in life, there's something supernatural that happens. It's a win-win. So when, you're, when, when you take serious the spiritual connections that we're talking about today, it will enhance all of the other connections that you have because you're so much more aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the redemptive revelation from God that is building and strengthening you, than you are your ability to try to overcome and deal with situations. You and I are not good enough and smart enough. Nobody is. Some people think they are, but you're not. Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> and I'm reading this out of the message translation. This kind of defines that. He said, here's another way to put it. Verse uh, 14. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father of heaven. Amen? So, spiritual connections develop you to be this way, right here. I'd encourage you to go back and read that. Read the verses before and after that. And read it in the message if you if just download the Bible app and you can read that in the message translation. But to be this person that is shining and, and being generous, connections develop you. They teach you to allow your life to remain on the stand. Connections, spiritual connections, teach you generosity, how to be generous, and what that really looks like. True generosity doesn't enable people. It empowers you, and it affects people in a positive way. It doesn't enable people. Some people think generosity is just giving somebody something because they need it. That's not necessarily generosity. Generosity comes from being connected to the generous God, the generous Father, who teaches us how to give, how to be a blessing, how to sow in a correct way. 
Can you say amen to that? And, 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 and so in all actuality, what we're doing is we're learning to duplicate ourselves to other people because people out there don't know him and most people don't even know themselves. Most people don't. Most people don't even know themselves. But they don't know who they are because they don't know him. So we've got to duplicate ourselves in other people and be those shining lights and all of that comes from the spiritual connections that we have with God. First and foremost, His Word, as we're talking about today. <clears throat> this verse of Scripture, literally one of my favorite passages in the, in, in, in the Bible. Somebody asked me the other day, Pastor, what's your favorite Scripture? Well, I don't know, but this is one of them. This is definitely one of them. John 8 and verse 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, what are we talking about today? About continuing in redemptive revelation. And in, in my definitions, number one of redemptive, act, acting to save someone from error or evil. Those who continue in the word cause error to change. Those who continue in the word cause error to change. And those who continue in the word in the redemptive revelation of God cause the divine or the supernatural to disclose something relating to human existence or to the world. Things that we need to operate day to day. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And he said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. So, I'm saying that today. Am I, am I as an individual, am I 100% free? Don't answer that. Am I 100% free today? Only by faith. Because if I'm 100% free, then I don't need Him. But I'm free. Not when I feel like it or it looks like it or everything is, you know, all, all, my, all the ducks line up and everything, the stars and everything else, and it's all perfect and right. No, no, I'm free. But I'm being made free as I allow the redemptive revelation to rule and control. As I continue in it. Not stop. Don't get bored. Don't start straying. Right? Don't give in. Don't give up. But I stay with it. And when I stay with my connection to the Word, the Word becomes final authority that settles everything for me. What did it say in Jeremiah? That the word that is taught, he said, I'm going to give you pastors that will teach you the truth. Not water it down, but give you the truth like I'm giving you today. And I, I, I believe I'm one of those pastors. I mean, if I don't believe I'm that, then I believe I'm the opposite. And I don't believe that. I believe I'm that. I believe one, I'm going to speak the truth no matter what, whether you like it or not. I'm not, I'm not preaching anything to offend anybody. I'm not preaching this word and looking at Fabian. Oh, I hope he's getting it. 
No. I've been accused of that. I've never done that one. I can say in, how long have I been? Uh, I've been married 41 years. I've been here 30 years. Yeah, 31. In 31 years of pastoring, I've never preached the word to try to get somebody to get it. I'm not thinking about it. I mean, I'm thinking about everybody, but I'm not thinking about you. So I will preach it no matter what and not back away from preaching the truth because what did Jeremiah say? Then you'll be free from fear, you'll not be dismayed, and you'll continually increase if you do something with it. Continue in my word. Truly a disciple. How many disciples do I have here today? I mean, I'm a disciple. I'm continuing in the word. Huh? The, The only difference in you and someone else that didn't continue is that you just didn't quit. God doesn't love you more than he loves someone else. God loves it when people walk by faith and trust him. He loves that. But as an individual, he loves everybody the same. He's no respecter of person. I don't care who you are, where you came from, where you were born or anything else. He's no respecter of person. He's a respecter of faith. And what he wants out of you and I is to trust him and to move forward so that other people's lives will be liberated and free. Every day, your life needs to be touching someone else. Somebody else in some way or another. Somewhere, some, somebody, it, it may be somebody that you're talking to on the phone in, in another state, in another part of the world. It may be somebody here locally, it may be somebody wherever, but somebody's life needs to be being touched because of the redemptive revelation in you that is continuing. That's why he put us here. He didn't just put us here to become a success in the monetary world. When you put the word first in its final authority, you can't help but prosper. But I can't, that, can't be my, that can't be my agenda and my focus. It has to be connected to him. First and foremost to his word. Remember this. The Bible says that his name is the word of God in Revelation. I'm going to say it again. His name, Jesus' name, is the word of God. John 1 says, and the word became flesh and he dwelt among us able to relate to us so he could empower us, so we could do the things that he did and even greater works. Because now he's gone to the Father, he sat down at the right hand. Now, Holy Spirit in us is doing everything, revealing everything to us that the Father says is so, and we can have everything God created us for. There's not anything you can't accomplish. And I'm going to ask you right now, I want you to think about this. If you're sitting here today and you're feeling overwhelmed about something in your life that appears to have no answers. It's not right for you to feel overwhelmed. Now, it's real to you. I'm not taking away from that. Anything that you face is real to you. I'm telling you, it's not right to stay in that place of feeling overwhelmed. Just sit there for a moment and just meditate on that. 
Now, did I say you're bad because you're feeling overwhelmed? No. We could sit here for the next hour and I could tell you story after 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 story of times when I felt overwhelmed. But I'm not moved how I feel. See, some people think, well, you know, you're, you're, you're a pastor, so you, you're, you're kind of alienated from that. <laughs> uh, no. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. Why would I take the time to spend focusing on how bad something is? I'm not. There have been many days where I was caught up in that at different times in my life. But I'm telling you today, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't have time for meditating on what's not happening because of being thankful for what is. And where did I get that from? The redemptive revelation of God. And, ha- and how is that still here today? Because I continued in it. I didn't quit. I didn't get dismayed. I didn't stray. I didn't get bored. Or, or when the boredom tried to set in, we went past the boredom. When, when straying started to happen, oh man. I mean, I've had, I've had people in my life through the years. A couple of them were real good friends of mine. Trying to tell me that the things that I was learning early on in the early years of my walk with God. Man, those things that you're hearing, those people teaching that stuff, that's a lie. Pack of lies. Man, you need to get away from that. It's weird, strange, and all this kind of stuff, and it's going to lead you astray. And I had to fight through it. I had to fight through what I knew. And I was young in the Lord and young in the things that I was hearing. I had to stay with it. Had I not stayed with it, I could have been talked out of it and become a casualty. I'm not going to be a casualty of strain. I'm not going to be a casualty of boredom. Boredom try to set in, I will overcome it. In the name of Jesus. I will. Not because I'm yelling it and trying to force myself. No, I will overcome it because of the redemptive revelation of God. God's no respecter of person. You don't have to today feel overwhelmed about something that appears like it's not going to happen in your life. I'm telling you, today God is here to meet that. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you something to stand for here in a few minutes. And I'm going to pray over you and speak over you today concerning what we're talking about today. But the key to your success is your divine connection. I said the key to your success is your divine connections. Can you say amen? I love this verse, and and, and I'm just kind of throwing this in here. We'll touch on it next week. This is my last verse, and then I have two other things to say. Luke 18 and verse 1 in the Amplified. Also, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to turn coward, faint, lose heart, and give up. Uh, go, uh, go to the next, there's a little piece of the, of the verse left. No? Go back. I just wrote it in there. 
put the scripture down <laughs> that I wrote it next to it. I thought it was part of the verse, but it should be anyway. <coughs> no, but I'm, I'm going to say this. So also, Jesus told them a parable to this effect, that they ought always to pray and not turn coward to faint, lose heart, to give up, I'm going to add to it, to stray, to get bored. Why? What I wrote down was, the word is real. And prayer, says, it says in this parable, that men ought always to pray and not turn the other way. And we've shared on this, we've taught a few series along this line out of this verse. Not meaning that men ought to pray in a prayer mode necessarily 24-7, but always staying in an attitude of prayer because what prayer truly is is just connection with God. It's not all the things you go through and all the time you spend at it. It's just staying connected to God. Men ought always stay connected to God, and when you stay connected to God through His Word, those spiritual connections with God will keep you from turning coward, from straying, from getting bored, from blaming others, from doing all kinds of things that the world does. No, it causes you to rise up and overcome those issues and those obstacles. Because we're empowered by the Word. I'm telling you today, the word I'm giving you today about spiritual connections will cause your natural connections to be supernatural. On Friday, my wife and I got a report about something from somebody, uh, somebody that didn't live here, and, and something was happening to this one person. And as we were driving, we begin to pray in the Spirit. And as we were praying in the Spirit, God gave us the words to declare over this person. And then just in the car, we just begin to weep and thanking God for the power of our words that were affecting that person's life. I mean, other people were praying for that person, but you've got to believe that you possess the goods that will produce results. And by the next day, there was a good report. By the next day, there was a good report. You have to believe that. But you'll never have that. You'll never have the ability to focus on something like that that you need focus on without these supernatural connections. Without the redemptive revelation of God working and operating on your life. So I want to end with this. <clears throat> And I've, I've given you this statement, but I really like it, and so I'm going to read it to you again. <clears throat> when you submit to the Word of God, when you submit to the Word and what the Word is bringing to the table concerning something, then you have the ability to resist When, when, when it becomes a natural thing for you to submit to what the Word says 
instead of being moved by how something appears to be or, or the way something feels like it is or the way that your mind is telling you it's going to be even 10 years from now. When it becomes a natural thing for you to submit to the word, then you have the ability to resist. And I, and I, and I gave this to you a while back and I'm giving it to you again. When I give God his rightful place over me, then I can take my place over the devil. But when you are yielding to the devil, you're giving him a place over you that is, was intended for God to have over you when you yield to him. But I'm telling you this, the devil will run in terror from you when your spiritual connection to the word is something that you believe in. He will run in terror because he won't know the difference whether it's you or Jesus because what you're speaking is his word. I'm not speaking what I've dreamed up. I'm declaring that he says it's so and it'll come to pass. But when I take my, when, when I allow God to take his rightful place in my life, I begin to take my place in life over the enemy because of the redemptive revelation that is strong and real and manifesting in my life. Can you say amen to that? These are great days to have manifested what I'm talking to you about today. To have the redemptive revelation and the understanding of God working and manifesting in your life. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I tell you what, that way matters every single day. I just, you know, making myself aware, we were... um, at the Southwest Believers Convention this last weekend. Bill Johnson, senior pastor of Bethel Church, was there. And he, he gave an example. Um, uh, Fabian, give me a Kleenex. Just pull me a, one Kleenex off right there. <coughs> he gave this example. And he talked about talked about the Holy Spirit within you but he talked about the Holy Spirit upon you and he, he had a handkerchief and he put it on his shoulder like that and, and he, he, he moved real quickly like so and moved like this and it fell off and he said you know he said the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit's representation is a dove and he said he made the point that doves are kind of skittish and so he said, if this is the dove, and he, 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 he talked about a couple other things regarding this. I'm not going to mention that. I'm just going to mention this. He's talking about the, the dove representing the person of the Holy Spirit upon you. And he said, when you're aware of that and you're walking, you're aware not to disrupt him. 
not to do things that are not what he wants. The quick move to the left that I made would be a, a, a move of the flesh. You know, trying to make something happen, being all stirred up, being upset. He said there's, the dove is, a, is skittish, and, and the thing about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit won't demand anything out of you. He won't make you do a thing. But in wearing this right here and, and trying to keep it on my shoulder, I'm aware of walking softly how I'm walking and the direction that I'm walking. You know, he's speaking to me and I'm paying attention. And so I move this way, not quickly and running and, and, and you know, like a chicken with his head cut off because you're trying to make something happen and trying to make things be corrected in your life. You're, you're trying to work it out instead of allowing him. Where'd that go? There it is. <laughs> I got into what I was saying and I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, you see? You see? What an example, huh? I don't know about you, but I'll never forget that example. I'll never forget about it. And this year we talked a lot about yielding to the person of the Holy Spirit, about, you know, who you yield to is what will determine your outcome. So today I leave you with those thoughts. I leave you with that word to be more a part of you and connected to you so that all your other connections in life have so much more success in what you do. How many believe that today?